Welcome to the Restless Creatives podcast. Comfortable chats with inspirational creatives. Hosted by three self-confessed restless creatives, Lucy Hunter, Fiona Pickles and Bridget Girling. This week, we chat with Paula Sutton of Hill House Vintage. With a background in fashion, magazines and a love of flowers, cakes and vintage styling, Paula is an extraordinarily positive and inspiring woman. Despite having had at times a very difficult year last year, she talks very candidly of her experiences and how she now finds herself with the career and life she once only dreamed of. Anyway, Paula, hello! <laughs> welcome, welcome! Now, I do, we, we do this every time because we're never really sure where people pop up on the screen, but you, I can see that you've got Fiona below you, but you might, she's in orange. Can you see uh, that? You see, hello, hello! <laughs> oh, she's obviously up there. <laughs> and I can see Lucy's up there, but she's going to be down there for you, isn't she? Hello! Well, I'm all at the top, so I'm going to actually change my view. Right, yes. So, Fiona, you're down there. Oh. Hello, Bridget, you're up there. Lucy, you're down there. Ah! <laughs> Excellent. And I'm over here. <laughs> so if the dog runs up the stairs, it'll look like it's running up the chimney again. <laughs> Somebody's got a dog barking. Is that you, Paula? Is that Coco? No, no, no. Coco is outside somewhere. Oh, okay. That's Fiona says it's, it's Ruby her. for some reason. We always it's have some dog that pitches, yeah. pitches up and makes themselves yeah. known. <laughs> Normally squadges on the sofa in the background. Oh. Got lovely homes, so I'm being very nosy now. Well, same. How yeah. gorgeous! How gorgeous! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm we're so from... delighted that you're here with absolutely very honoured, especially as it's such a beautiful day here in Suffolk and Norfolk. You could be in right. a garden. I know. And my husband, I'm, I'm looking at my husband through the window in the garden with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a whole host of questions for you that we won't even hope to get through but no. probably the best thing to do <laughs> is to start off by asking you mm. to tell us well mm. introduce yourself to us and all the people listening and watching oh, tell us about goodness. you me talk about myself yes <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, ne I never show myself <laughs> <laughs> well um my name is Paula Sutton and I am, it, it's hard to know how you um, describe yourself because I'm either the writer of a blog or am I just, I'm the, I'm the person responsible for a blog and Instagram account called Hill House Vintage. Mm -hmm. And Hill House Vintage is, um, well, Hill House is the name of my home that is in Norfolk and we moved here 11 years ago now. And it inspired, I, I, I gave up my career in London and I was inspired to start a blog called The Hill House Diaries, which was just purely to fill my time while I tried to gather my thoughts and think about what on earth I do now that I've left London. <laughs> and you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, during a recession, I hadn't made a plan. Um, and so I found myself in a situation, it, it all seemed like a good idea. The, the build-up is always a good idea. When you're yeah. there, you're thinking, oh God, what do I do now? Yeah. So I'm um, writing a blog was something that allowed me to just have something to do, have a purpose while I, I thought about what happens next. What did you focus and, on in the blog? Well, I it was about furnishing my home. So basically, um, we were one of those typical Londoners who we 
your eyes are bigger than um, than your brain, really. So you're you're seeing these um, lovely houses that you can buy that are out of London, but you don't think about living there. What happens afterwards? You're just thinking, oh my goodness, we can swap our our London terrace for this. How amazing! So we did that. Spent all our money on the house and um, had hardly any furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd given up my um, the dual income. So I didn't have the excuse to say, I want to buy this and I want to buy that or whatever. So we filled about two rooms <laughs> and, um, and then I had to think creatively how to fill the rest of the house. So the vintage part of Hill House Vintage came purely because we didn't have money. We, we had a house and we mm -hmm. had to fill it. And I'd always loved um, sort of like shabby chic, old chippy furniture and old antiques and old sort of vintage stuff. So it wasn't too hard for me to get into it, but it purely was um, born out of necessity. I had to, um, I had to fill the house. I had to make <laughs> it um, lovely. I wanted to have a lovely house. And um, so my um, blog started off just my trips to car boot sales, my mm -hmm. trips to um, auction houses, which sounds very posh, but when I, Norfolk auction houses, um, they're not, they're, it's not Sotheby's and it's not, um, <laughs> it's not places like that. They're, they're proper, um, you know, you're selling sheep next to, <laughs> yeah. next to old tables and, you know, you're buying chairs for a fiver and um, uh, tables for 10 pounds. So it's that, that sort of um, mm -hmm. auction. So it was really filled with my vintage finds and that was how it all started really. And that was how Hill House Vintage came about okay and, and then the you had sorry Lucy sorry what was the career you left behind in London so in London I was I'm a bookings editor for Elle magazine ah, so um what does that so mean a, bookings editor no I was um so you have shoots for a fashion magazine so um we had I think about four on average about four fashion shoots every month to produce okay. to, right. to, to put together yeah. And I was the producer. I produced wow. all of the fashion shoots and the cover shoots and also the beauty shoots. So all of the shoots, not so much the the small pictures which are um, can be bought from a, um, a library or mm -hmm. they're um, organised by the picture department. I um, put together the sort of trappings of the photographer and the models and booked the models for lights and then got the location, had to source mm -hmm. the location. And I spoke directly to whoever the editor or the fashion director was to see what their vision was. And then I tried to put that vision together. So mm. I was, I, I did the building blocks. So um, you're almost like the producer on a, on a exactly. film or something. It's that sort of exactly. role. Exactly, it was exactly that role. And I absolutely loved it. But the only thing about that role is that I wasn't the creative person. I was mm. just the person who put all the building blocks together. Okay. And, um, I didn't realise that until I came here and started doing my own things. I, I hadn't realised that I craved that side of things. Mm. Um, but producing for, I, I think I was there for eight years at Elle. And before that, I was in fashion PR and I was a model agent at one point. You know, it was wonderful. I, I loved my career. I absolutely yeah. loved my career. But um, I didn't realise that there was sort of a gaping hole of creativity that I wanted <laughs> to fulfil. And funnily enough, I'd, um, I'd studied art at um, school. And so there was, a, there was an artistic side to me and I'd wanted to be an interior designer at one point, but it was lost. It sort of mm -hmm. um, slipped away. And I think working within the fashion industry, you, you sort of feel that you're next to creativity right. anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to forget that you're not doing it. You're, 
you're next to it, or you're close enough that you sort of lose sight of maybe that's what, what you wanted to do yourself. Yeah. So, um, so yes, that, that was my career in London. And it, and it was lovely. I loved every minute of it. But the only thing when you're working in that industry is um, it's relentless. It goes on all through the night. You're talking to New York, mm. New York, Australia, wherever. So you're getting called all the way through the evening. Mm. Um, there's a lot of socialising. Um, that, that's <laughs> just how that industry works. And so when you've got young children, it's a nightmare. You and know, you've got three, haven't you? I've got three. I've got three old children now. But yes, <laughs> at, at the time I had three young children. Yeah. But yes. Mm. So I'm very interested to know about your childhood and I also am really intrigued by your parents because mm. I mean your, your dad's met the Queen a couple of times hasn't he? He has, he has. <laughs> well do you know my, 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 both my parents, I lost, sadly I lost my mother last yes, year but, but both my parents are such an inspiration I have to I know perhaps everyone says that but um, my parents came over to England in 1960 and um, they came without a penny. Because they came and from Grenada, didn't they? From Grenada in the West Indies, yes. that's correct. They came here without a penny to their name. And my father, his first job was as a hospital porter, pushing um, deceased people from um, one part of a hospital to another. And um, he didn't have um, formal qualifications. So he didn't have um, a degree to sort of project himself straight to a certain level. Um, he then became a bus driver. And then he, he worked, they worked themselves their way up through the ranks. My mother was a psychiatric nurse. And um, my father ended up over obviously several decades getting into politics and um, he ended up being an ambassador. So he was an ambassador for Grenada to England, to the court of St. James. Mm -hmm. um, so they had a dual sort of um, living experience of one foot in England and one foot back in Grenada. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, yeah, so they they ended up. He he um, finished his um, career as an ambassador, so that's why he met the Queen. And... I see. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. what made them come to England in the first place? What prompted that move? Because that's that's a big move. It's a huge move. It's a huge move. Um, well, one the the blanket invitation to the mm -hmm. Commonwealth at the time, um, as as you know, there was. Um, um, a deficit of people who could work on things like public transport and in all those sorts of industries. So people were asked to come over. My mother was asked to come over and train as a nurse. And also, I think at that point, particularly at that point, the Commonwealth um, was of such great importance to um, to these smaller islands and these, these small countries. It still is, of course. Mm. But um, they saw England as the motherland. Mm. You know, England was, even though... Um, you know, obviously, as um, West Indians, there's a history of slavery and um, Africa. But England was, you know, the, the queen is their queen. Mm. So it was this whole thought that they they deserved and belonged here and they needed to come here at some point. And that's what they all did. They came over by boat feeling that um, they were coming to their second home often. And how and they did they feel when they got here? <laughs> cold. <laughs> Very cold. Um, I mean, there are lots of stories. I'm very lucky in the sense that my parents are incredibly positive people. That's where you get it from. They, yes, <laughs> they, they're incredibly positive people. So for every story that is slightly unpleasant, and there have been, there are stories from their past because there was a lot of racism. People were quite shocked to see um, a whole load of West Indian people suddenly um, descend on London and all over the country. Um, 
But for every story <coughs> that they have that's not so pleasant, my father always had, both my parents always had a learning experience from it, something that made them stronger, something that made them more resilient. So even though there are negatives there, he always speaks of that period of time was wonderful. It was character building and, you know, mm. it, it gave him ambition and it gave it, it encouraged him to make the leap from what he was doing to something more and better for his family. So it's all um, wrapped up in a, in a cloak of wonderful positivity and, and learning, which is, which is always great. But I, I think, you know, they had hard times. Mm. They, they, they came in the era of um, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish were signs that were on doors. So, um, and that's a shock, obviously. You're coming from a place mm. where you can go anywhere to a place mm. where, um, Know that no one was banned from anywhere but people were discouraged you weren't welcome yes you weren't yeah. necessarily welcome um so they had all of that to contend with but um they love england they always loved england and it didn't ever they my father had um i think four other brothers who came over to england who all ended up going to live in america um but my father loved it here and um never left Never left. So they were they delighted to be able to go back to Grenada to live that sort of. They were in the both only worlds. Yes, they were. The only problem they had was that um, they had all their children in England. Mm. So all all yeah. of their children were born in England, and it's very difficult because um, they brought suppers as British mm. children mm -hmm. and, and and British adults. So um, I have I do have one brother who. Um, who went over and, and lives there with his family, thank goodness, because when they went back, um, they isolated themselves from there. They had their greater, their larger family, but, um, and of course it was back home, but all of their children and grandchildren were all in England, which was, um, that, that's the problem when you move abroad yes. and you make your life and make such a strong and positive and wonderful life abroad. It's very hard when you then want to return or want to retire mm -hmm. somewhere. Because where, where do you retire? Do yeah. you retire with your family or do you go back to the place you were born? So, um, yes, and all those questions have arisen over the last um, few years, of course. But it's, um, yeah, they, they, they're they over here all the time. Well, my father now hasn't been for the last year. Um, but in the past, they over here four times a year, even though they're, they're supposed to be in the Caribbean. They, they come over here to do some shopping. <laughs> Marks and Spencers, they're obsessed with Marks and Spencers. They've still got to get their underwear in England. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Your M&S pants. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You can't get pants anywhere else. <laughs> so very sadly, you did lose your mum at the beginning of the whole lockdown yes. COVID thing. Where I think yes. you just got back, didn't you, and came straight just into got lockdown. Back. They came over, my parents came over to England um, in 2019, it must have been, to celebrate my father's 80th birthday. So we we organised a, a huge surprise party for him in London. And my mother fell ill two days before the surprise party and ended up in hospital for the party. She'd been planning this party for a year. Yeah. And for about three months, no one knew what was wrong with her. Um, we did wonder if it was COVID. It wasn't such, um, no one knew too much about it at the time, but they, they, they went through that. They wondered if that's what it was, but her blood count was going lower and lower. And in December, while she was still here, we found out she had leukemia. Mm. And, um, and then we were told that she had four months to live. It was one of those sort of 
you only see it in film, well, I'd only ever seen it in films, mm -hmm. you know, given, given four months to live, you know, you're always expecting it to be at least a year or two years or yeah. something. So that was a huge shocker. Um, and she was getting weaker and weaker by the, by the day, really. And we managed to, um, right at the last moment, we managed to get her flown back to Grenada in, in January. And she ha had predicted another two months and she died on the 14th of February on, on Valentine's Day in my father's arms. So it was, of all the, the ways to go, it was, it was a beautiful way to go, if, mm. that, if that can be said. And, um, and I went over, I was um, meant to go over to stay with her, to see her pass, but I didn't get there in time. So when we went over for the funeral, we all gathered and um, it was, I think I was there for about three weeks. And when I came back, I had two days and we were in lockdown. Gosh, so that must just, have been so difficult. It was so, it was so, anything happened so fast. Yes. Mm. Even for my mother dying to coming back. And even when I went for the funeral, we knew about COVID, but it was other places. Mm. I think Italy was in lockdown. Yes, I remember yeah. that was, Europe was scary was to see, it, wasn't it? Mm. Absolutely. But for some bizarre reason, I don't, we still didn't connect it with happening here. Yeah, I think, I think um, that's probably true of everything. Denial. Absolute, absolute denial. Mm -hmm. And um, it was on my way back. I remember being at the airport and a few people had masks. And a lot of the, there's a, a bigger medical school in Grenada. And a lot of the students were being, um, were, were scrabbling to go back home before lockdown occurred. And it was suddenly this end of the world scenario that just came upon us. And we were all thinking, like, what's going on? what's yeah. happening yeah. I remember arriving back at Heathrow and um it was empty I had never seen an airport empty it was incredible and then as I say we had two days to go or something and we were in full lockdown I, I couldn't believe it and it's interesting because you say it was hard um it was very selfishly the most wonderful thing that could have happened to me being in mourning because having my family at home and near me yeah was the most healing wonderful thing when you lose somebody you you suddenly become scared of who else you might lose i hadn't had to face mm. that before so i was terrified you know you know you're you're trying to be logical but you can't help thinking my goodness if that can happen anything can happen mm. so having um the children at home and my husband at home day and night i actually mm. secretly enjoyed for quite a while mm. I'm, I'm glad to see the back of them now but at the time <laughs> Yes, and I guess you were occupied because, of course, they should have been at school. Your husband should have been at yes, work, yeah. and, and you would have been yes, doing your thing yeah. at home. Exactly. Yes. And you'd that would have been own. very that would have been very lonely. I think. Yeah. I think mm. being on on my own and and being thrust straight back into normal life would have been very odd. So in a way, it it, it was helpful. Awful. I mean, the whole thing is devastating. Yeah. But yeah. for me, having the family, having an excuse to have the family at home was actually quite a lovely healing experience for me mm. and sort of it got mm. me through quite a few dark sort of moments of um mm. of that time so yes it's funny how it played out mm. but then this goes back to you with putting that positive spin mm. on things that clearly mm. you've received from your parents because other people <laughs> may not have seen it in quite that way. oh i know i know absolutely of course and um, and certainly especially the last few months, this third lockdown um, for young people, for the, my teenagers. Mm -hmm. My girls are 17 years old, they're 18 this year, and my son should be at university, he's 19. Mm -hmm. And this is too much for them now. Mm -hmm. But it's, I mean, I'm noticing now, I mean, they, 
my girls went back actually uh, yesterday. Yesterday, yes. Um, I, and my son's still at home, but I, I, I had begun to notice a dip in, in their positivity and their, you know, they, mm. they were beginning to have that staying in their um, pajamas, being on the sofa, staring at television, playing video games. And they're, they're outdoor kids. Mm. They, they do things and they, they laugh and the house is always noisy. And when the house starts going quiet, but they're all here, you know something's wrong. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think they even realised, but there was a, a slow decline. And I think it probably happened for a lot of people of that age. They should be out enjoying life and yeah. embracing. It's really, it's really funny you've said that because my son's 19 yeah. and he left home two days before lockdown, the first lockdown, Gosh. Um, to start a, you know, his new apprenticeship. Yeah, you found that really hard, didn't you? I found that incredibly hard. Yeah. I um, bet because he's our only child so he just sort of left and you know that yeah. was it and he, he goes from his bedroom to not seeing him at all you know but, yes, but he's yeah. got his own life and he's always been very positive and he's been mm. very busy and it's an on but I've noticed in the last well this weekend's just mm. gone but in the last few weeks that his he needs to see us more you know he needs yes. a bit of normality back absolutely whatever that normality is mm. you know he needs to see other friends you know? absolutely you know, and I think it's so hard but I think it's really yeah I think, I think that age group it's it's incredibly yeah. hard and you can yeah. see the low energy mm. yeah but I think yeah. that you know we're like batteries we need to bounce off people and mm. we yeah. need absolutely. to be inspired by people and get absolutely. energy from people yeah and yeah. I think particularly at their age and they're just not getting that and you can see mm. them flagging yeah you, know? you really can mm. yeah it's really mm. sad isn't mm. it terribly sad but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we're getting there. The end is in sight. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes, hopefully, hopefully. You can go and sit on a park bench with him now, Luce. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, that. that's allowed now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. We, just now, we just now need the, the weather to catch up, don't we? Mind you, it is lovely today. It is lovely today. It's not here. Have you been here. for your cocoa walk today? We have been for the cocoa walk, yes. Well, my <laughs> husband and I went for the cocoa walk this morning. We do we do three walks now. So we do two cocoa walks, and then I've started doing a speed walk. Oh. <laughs> By the way, the shoulders go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, have, you have to clutch, um, clutch the butt cheeks and sort of like there's a special walk that apparently sort of like really sort of like kills the, um, burns off the calories. Wow. Because I, um, oh my goodness, talk about lockdown padding. I, I have... <laughs> oh. I have, we're all suffering yeah. from that. I think it's the washing machine that <laughs> made everything shrink. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's hit me full force. I don't. It's probably the combination of Christmas as well, actually. But it's hit me full force this time. This third lockdown. It's um. And of course, now we're coming into spring. You can't hide it. Winter is great. Exactly. So yes, I have three lots of good exercise um, a day at the moment. So. Because I think that's one impressive. of the things that people have loved on your Instagram account, isn't it? Your your daily walks. My walks, exactly. Yes, it's interesting actually because um, I, I I do them and I love doing them to music because it's the sort of thing I love to watch. But you do worry sometimes because I do. I mean, I get lots of feedback. People um, do enjoy them, it seems. But you do think I'm I'm literally just showing a the same walk. <laughs> over and over and over again so I think I've, I've, I've got had a little bit of a break um, from it for a while but I will go back to it because I love I think it's like meditation yes yeah you know, if, if I yeah. see somebody else's walk or someone else's garden panning through somebody else's garden to lovely music 
I think is one of the most joyful things to see on Instagram. Well, yeah. I remember you saying, because we did, we ran a little Instagram course once, didn't we, mm. with our lovely friend, Julie. Lovely. And um, <laughs> I remember you saying, it's one of those things where you've had people commenting and saying it's, it's one of those things they look for in the morning when they open yes, up their phone yes. and it, it was just wonderful for them to see for them to see you out in nature yeah. just enjoying yes. it and hearing the music and now of course that's not going to appeal to everybody but people don't have to watch if they don't want to yeah. and I remember you saying that as a point mm. is you, you're not mm. appealing to everybody you're putting the out there what you want that's exactly it. And I think that's when you start to enjoy Instagram when you realise mm. that and you get it because it's very easy to fall into that trap of thinking, well, what do people want to see? Mm. But they've come to you because of you. Mm. And um, so whatever it was that drew them to you in the first place is, is, is what they want to see. So just carry on being yourself. And um, and I show boring walks. <laughs> <laughs> It's what I do, but you know, it's, it, I show a combination of all the things I love. You know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do fashion as well because yeah. um, that is a big part of my life and my history. So, mm. but yes, once you commit to the things that you love and the things that you enjoy, I think it shows. I think yeah, it shows through, definitely. and it draws people to you. So yes, show the dog walks and show mm. the high heels if that's what you want to do. Not that, not that I like a high heel anymore, but you know, sh show that fun side of you. If that's what you're into. Yeah, because your yeah. account is. I mean, it's changed Everything. a little bit recently, hasn't it? We'll, we'll maybe go back to that, your big change that happened last year. <laughs> but, I mean, you were vintage, your, your wall paintings that was ever-increasing and your flowers yeah. and your garden and, and then the, the uh, bulldog antiques showing yeah, us round the there and your little yeah, treasures absolutely. you were finding and that kind of thing, absolutely. which was just just so real and authentic I think that's mm. what people loved about it and, yeah, and yeah. at the point where your <laughs> big change happened <laughs> you were already at 120,000 followers yes. weren't you yes I was and I was at 120,000 followers just living the life I, I, I didn't think it was that interesting <laughs> I really didn't think it was that interesting but it was just um my normal life I was at Bulldog Barnes every Thursday I, I, and I will go back Bulldog Barnes and I help out and I help sell a few bits and I and um, I buy more than I sell but <laughs> you know that was part of the fun and um, and then I showed people what I did with all of those things at home um, and every so often I wore I wore a pretty frock while doing yeah. it um, the, the pretty frock has kind of taken over a, a bit now. <laughs> when did Who you knew? start to, to feel brave enough to put yourself in front of the camera? Well, do you know, it's funny because I used to do it once a year on my birthday. I'd go, hi, this is me, this is me. I'm Paula, bye. And I'd, and see you next year. See you next year. Here's, here's Coco. And, and, then all, and then all you'd see was the dog. Um, so it used to be an annual thing. There was a lady who, um, before I even did that, there was a lady in Australia who challenged me. I think I, it was in, back in the days when you, you sort of played games online. So there were things like um, show your favorite black and white photo or show if they, um, your first photo and um, you sort of built up these communities and did these sort of like challenges and the challenge was show yourself show your face and I remember thinking oh my goodness I can't I can't show my face show my face and I think the first photo that you actually ever see me on there I'm hanging out the washing oh my goodness and um, and I'm hiding my I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a hat on purpose so no one can see me oh. and I'm hanging out the washing and you can just see my face and um, I can't believe how far I, I mean, I'm, not, I'm jazz hands now. I can't, I can't, all, all tap done, 
dancing or singing. But at the time I was so shy. I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want anyone to see me. But I, I was also coming out of a period of, of hiding myself anyway in, in real life. Um, because I had, a, I had a little bit of a crisis of identity when I, when I got here. So I had a, a year of being busy, sorting out the house. And then um, about three years of thinking, what now? Um, who am I? What do I do? You know, what's my role beyond mm. being a wife and mother? Mm. And, um, and I went through a real sort of, um, okay, I, I live in the countryside now, I've got to wear countryside clothes. <laughs> 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 and I would wear my husband's old jumpers and sort of the old our old wax jackets and and a tweed hat and just <laughs> and just sort of shove it down and just hide. And um, I was becoming more and more miserable and thinking I, I didn't ever feel that we'd made the wrong decision. I I love it here. I always have. That's never um, that's never changed. But I did wonder whether I'd really sort of tied myself up in knots and given myself no purpose and that worried me that worried mm. me a lot and um and that was reflected in the fact that I, I hid myself and you know my walks were really early in the morning or really late at night so that I couldn't see anyone because when I you moved have... when you moved to Norfolk did you know anybody or or no. No, oh, no. so that didn't help no. either it's not like you no. had friends here or family no, no, or no, not at all. we married up here my in-laws used to live literally about um a quarter of a mile down the road mm. but by the time we moved up they had moved um, to East Sussex. They've come back, they've since come back up here to live near us. But at the time when we moved up, we knew the area because we used to come up here for weekends and we were married up here. But um, no, we didn't know anyone when we moved up. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I went through that sort of very quiet, still hiding period before I started to rediscover myself and got into selling vintage things, got into showing myself uh, well, showing my um, home more mm. and writing about my discoveries and writing about my life. And that's when I started to open up more. And mm. that's when I started um, beginning to show my face a little bit more and start enjoying that, you know. it's um, And that was all to do with the interaction. It's, it's so much about what you get back. So yeah. you, you, yeah. show, you show your face and you have lots of people going, yay, yeah. it's great, it's great yeah. to see you. And of course that encourages mm. you to show your face mm. more. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's really um, interesting, I think. You, quite often you talk to women on Instagram. I mean, mm. being florists, mm. uh, it is the, the majority are women. And, mm. and that certainly the women who then say, Oh, no, I don't want to show myself. Mm. Um, mm. And it, it is very interesting how we are all very frightened of just putting ourselves oh, yes. out there. Yeah. And as you say, you do get used to it. But it, it, it is such a huge leap to do it. Mm. And it really is. You feel so vulnerable. Doing you do. It. I think the fear of criticism. Yes. And I think it, it, it obviously stems from our youth or something, because, of course, you don't really tend to be online and someone says the things that you think they're going to say. You know, no mm. one's really... You might all be sitting there thinking, God, hasn't she got buck teeth? But you're not going to say it to me. I realise that now. <laughs> well, somebody did say that to me on Instagram. They said I could get really? my teeth fixed. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> But to be honest, I have had a few of those, but I think they're often very young and I think people are trying to cause a stir. Mm. Or, um, well, I I thought it was quite funny because I thought these teeth have been fixed. This is as good as it gets. (laughs) (laughs) This is is beyond a good day. But um, but yes, I think we we have that fear that there will be, I mean, I've had people say that my house is full of tat. 
you know, I remember one person saying, you've got your house full of old tech, you've seen it all before. And, uh, and, I, and I just said, it is full of tech, you're right. Yes, <laughs> I love it. it. And I love it, you know, that table was 50 pounds. Yeah, yes. it's great, so it's, it's great tat and I love it. You know, it's fine, I don't mind that. And I think- um, It says it in the uh, name. Vintage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a clue. It's not, it's not Hill House Antiques. <laughs> but um, so yes, but you, I, I suppose you have to be quite strong to um, be able to laugh those things off. Mm. But I always feel it's something that, my goodness, every mother tells their child when somebody is coming from a place where they feel the need to criticize you that they're not happy it's, it's not yeah. a happy thing is it yeah. to to try and make somebody else's day or, or life a misery yeah. and um i think i i realized that so much now that it's i can't say nothing affects me but it very little affects me yeah. now because um i cannot imagine sitting down at a keyboard and telling somebody that they look ugly or telling oh, someone that, that their yeah. house is awful or or criticizing somebody for their choice mm. yeah. of what they're doing I, I can't imagine where you how you must feel about yeah. your life to feel the need to do it so I only have sympathy for people who, who do mm. that to be honest one of our friends put a uh, she puts a couple of reels up of her dog Caroline mm. um and somebody direct messaged her and said nobody wants to see your stupid dog anyway and it's like Oh, well, actually, yes, we do. We really want to see it. So go and, away. And while they're watching, <laughs> I've watched your reel 12 times and I still don't want to see that dog. Why are you <laughs> But yes, I, I think, you know, it's um, people, especially over the last year, I think, um, you know, people, there's been a lot of reason and cause to be unhappy. So mm. I think there's probably been a sort of a, a spike in, people saying unpleasant things maybe mm. but um so how did you feel about what happened in june because mm. as i understand it you were oblivious to the to this until you started to see your follow account oh, escalating it was, in... it was it was ridiculous it was absolutely ridiculous it was actually in in april it was nearly a year oh, was it mm. nearly a year. i um so so the thing that happened in lockdown and the reason everything started changing is because i couldn't vintage hunt couldn't go out, couldn't visit anywhere. Um, and I realized that I was showing the same parts of my house over and over and over again. And I was getting bored. I was, I was getting deathly bored. So, um, and I've always done the whole tablescapes outside and cakes outside, you know, wobbly cakes, cakes. walking to the table. <laughs> and um, and I, as I was getting more confident about showing myself, I, um, I started showing myself in different dresses because I was just thinking of something else to, to have yeah. on there. Mm -hmm. So um, it was one um, weekend I had me having a picnic. That was it. I was in a dress having a picnic. And I, because of, um, I, I see it as a creative outlet. I love creating lovely pictures and images. Mm -hmm. And it's um, the same as when I was at Elle magazine, mm -hmm. except I wasn't in control of those pictures then. That's all it is for me. So I'm very aware that, you know, people don't drink champagne like that. And people, <laughs> people don't hold apples like this. You um, might not, but... but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, I love photography from the, you know, fashion photography from the 50s and 60s, where it's all very stylized. I just yeah. love all of that. I love Hollywood musicals. I'm yeah. obsessed with Hollywood musicals, you know, the old fashioned Hollywood musicals. I'm obsessed with all of those old films. And so, so much of my, um, of the photographs that I take, and the, especially when I'm in them, 
it's in my mind, I have an image of um, an old Hollywood musical or, you know, and that's why I flounce the skirts and that's why I do all of that. It's always flowers and it's, they're just happy pictures for me. They're, they're mm. me exploring my creativity and trying to make a pretty picture that is joyful. Full and of you joy. do this all on your phone as well, isn't it? This is all. Yes, yes, it's all. Yes, I don't. I, don't I, I have no idea how to use a proper camera. <laughs> and, um, and, and usually what I do is, um, especially when I'm in them, I used to use um, a tripod, but now what I do is I, I get one of the children or my husband to stand where I want to stand. And then I run and direct them where they should should be for the right light. And then I run back and say, right, you stand exactly there. And then I'm back in that position. So we, we, have, we have great fun. So yeah. now you are still producer, but your director and the actor yeah. and model absolutely <laughs> and the model yeah, that's, that's the weirdest one yes and the model um so it's sort of yes yeah, so that day i had done um, a picnic one and my house is like um it's like a a, a sort of dollhouse it's sort of square it's, it's how a child would draw a house yeah and it's very symmetrical it sits in its garden very symmetrical they and can't so help it. They can't help it. <laughs> That's just what it does. That's its thing. <laughs> and so I love taking these images where I'm sat in the middle of the lawn. Yeah. In the middle. And um, it's, it's, it's a visual thing that appeals to me. So I, I never think in terms of, here's me in front of my house. <laughs> and look at me. But to me, it's sort of like, oh, that, that's really lovely. It's symmetrical. You know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's a bit of blue sky. That's going to look really pretty. <laughs> Yeah. So I sat pretending to have this picnic um, and I thought that's a nice, that's a nice photograph. So I posted that and I think it was eat, sleep, something, repeat. Yeah. Um, I, my mind wasn't working for captions that day. But um, so I posted that and then I think that was a Saturday. And on the Sunday, um, I remember my husband went out. He was going to do the grocery shop. Um, we were in mid-lockdown. And... Um, Suddenly I thought, oh, I've got, I don't know, there's a hundred more followers there. That's how exciting. <laughs> and, and sometimes when someone shares you, you suddenly have a little mm, bit of a smile. Yeah. So I thought, oh my goodness, someone shared me. How exciting, how lovely. <laughs> who is it? And the, next, <laughs> who is it? and the next thing I looked, I thought, there's a, there's a thousand more followers. That's, mm. I mean, my good, I, I did actually at one point think, is it, is it Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> Who shared me? Is it, I, I know is it the queen? Is it the queen? Is it the queen who shared me? It must be somebody with a lot of clout. And then it started being 10,000 more. Gosh. And wow. 10,000 more than that. And I have to admit, at that point, I, I got scared. It, it mm. went past being, oh, this is fun and exciting, to this doesn't feel nice. Something, this, yeah, something going this on. This doesn't feel right. It feels yeah. exposing. Did you feel um, like somebody had maybe taken your account and, and was doing something with it? Or... Do, do you know, funny enough, I didn't think that, but I did think, um, I suddenly thought, do you know, I, I, it just felt scary mm. because mm. I was suddenly aware of eyes on me. Now, mm. the weird thing mm. with social media is you know people are looking because that's mm. the whole point of it, but you're in control. Yeah. When you grow slowly, it doesn't matter if your numbers are big. I've reached over 100,000 followers, but the growth had been slow and steady. Yeah. And so I almost felt as if I knew all of those 100,000 people. Mm. Of course you don't, but mm. you, you know why they're coming to you. They're coming to you because of your vintage pictures or they're coming to you for this reason. I didn't know why these people were coming. I didn't mm. understand 
And I kept thinking, you know, have, have I done saucy pictures in my youth? <laughs> Someone found them and I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just thinking, what on earth, you know, could possibly be um, giving people that sort of element of interest? Anyway, so I had no idea. And for a long time, I, I even Googled my name. I, I couldn't find anything. I, I, oh, I thought it has to be something. It got to a stage where I think I had, in one afternoon, gained 100,000 more people. By the oh, next yeah. day, yes, 100,000 more people. When somebody messaged, you're probably think, wondering what's happened because nobody was telling me. I, I, nobody mm. had put on, the, actually, I don't know at that stage, I don't think many people had put on that picture a reason why this was happening. Um, somebody said, you're probably um, wondering what's happening. You're, you're the, um, the subject of a Twitter war. And I, and I hardly use Twitter. I, I, yeah. I have a Twitter account because I think eight years ago, everyone started and then, you know, mm -hmm. if you're into it, you're into it. And if you're not, you're, you're not. Mm. Um, but yes, the subject, of, I didn't know, what the hell is a Twitter war? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had no idea. And, um, and, then some, and then I started hearing the word race and race war. And then it was like, oh my no. goodness, what on earth is going on? What's been said, what's happening? And then I realized that, um, a, a young journalist had said that today was the day is the day that I um, delete Instagram for good, and this is the picture that made me do it. And of course, there's me sitting in front of my house, <laughs> pre pretending to eat an apple, <laughs> and um, and that was the picture that made her delete Instagram. She said, and um, and underneath there were lots of comments initially from people going, "Oh my God, these influencers! Oh, I can't bear them." And calling me names and all sorts of things and then there's a delay and then underneath that there starts to be support and people saying why have you picked on this woman why have you picked on a 50 year old woman who's minding her own business and not doing anything and then underneath that is why have you put, picked on a black woman now the interesting thing with the picture is that I have a big white hat on and my head is bent down and you actually I don't think you can I mean you have to look to see my skin color. So I, I felt at the time that it probably, it, it wasn't because of that. Mm. I kind of guessed, and this, I subsequently had a chat with the journalist, that it was seen as an insensitive post because there I was enjoying um, a large garden. And there are a lot of people in lockdown who mm. didn't have that privilege and didn't have the benefit of garden. And um, it just hadn't, occurred to me I mean in my naivety it hadn't occurred to me because because this is what I've always done mm -hmm. I've always mm -hmm. shown myself in my garden and mm -hmm. no one cares mm -hmm. you know it, yeah. you're just carrying on as I was just carrying on yeah. and I didn't think that oh my goodness people are stuck in flats and people are stuck in in houses without gardens um I was just continuing to show my pretty pictures and on top of that for me um having just lost my mother it was I was throwing my heart and soul into creating mm. pictures mm. and doing things and styling. I was, I had nothing else to do. I couldn't go anywhere. Mm. So I was sort of baking cakes. I mean, the children were just eating cake after <laughs> cake. I was baking and cooking and styling and this and, you know, and I was, I'm trying to take my mind off. Yeah. The sad, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, keeping myself busy. And I hadn't stopped to thought what, you know, that maybe some people wouldn't appreciate seeing me go, um, you know, how awful to eat, sleep, repeat in my garden. Um, because that's not how I intended it yeah. to come across. So, um, so anyway, 
there was an onslaught of support for me. Um, I think a lot to do with the fact that there's a lot of criticism about influencers, but not many influencers are middle-aged. Mm. So um, there were lots of, um, and I, I, I personally don't like the word influencer anyway. I, I think it's a, very, it's a nonsense word, but it's the category that I was put into yes. in the situation. But I think there are lots of people who do flaunt stuff, which is totally their right. I do believe in the right for anyone to do what they want on, you know, on, on their page. But there are people who flaunt things and um, talk about what they have and blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of people came to my support because they said, all she does is show flowers and cakes. And, um, and, her, and her gut, you know, she's just minding her own business, living her own life. Where, where is the problem? And, um, you don't have and to look at this if you don't, you don't want to. You don't to. have to look at it if you don't want to. And you don't have to tell the world that you've chosen not to look exactly, at it if you don't want exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> but it grew and grew and grew. And I think over, um, well, over the space of the last six months, it, it, I've grown 400,000 extra eyes mm. on me. Um, or 300,000 extra eyes on me. And um, I've got, I'm used to it now. But at the time, I must admit, it was not the way mm. I wanted to grow you want to grow mm-hmm. you want to, to sort of have grow your account but that was a very um uncomfortable mm-hmm. way to grow mm-hmm. um and I, I spoke to the journalist in question and she apologized and she said that she she didn't it was not a personal attack and I do believe that mm-hmm. it wasn't a personal attack it was um she was using the image as an example of how frustrated she was she said she was just very angry and frustrated and bored she lived alone she lived in a flat um she wasn't happy and um and i, and I get i do get that i do understand that she, how did that conversation come about how did she contact you she contacted, contacted me you? no she she contacted me um but you know again tremendous that you decided to go ahead with that conversation a lot of mm. people would have thought i'm not talking to you well mm. do you know it's interesting because i I, I didn't feel that it came from a position of, of racism. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, she picked on the wrong person. She, she picked on the wrong person. She shouldn't have picked on anyone, is no, the truth. that's the thing. You know, the, the truth is that no one deserves that. No one deserves that sort of, um, that criticism that other people can join in and it becomes a bona fide, because that's mm-hmm. what she was inciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, yeah. and regardless of race or age or whatever she was inciting people to hate on somebody mm-hmm. because she didn't like an image mm-hmm. um, because she didn't um, hide my the my name my username so it wasn't a case of um, this is a um, a photograph from a I don't know a, a library or something that I'm just using as an example she knew mm-hmm. that people could see my name but if it had gone the other way and I'd had a lot of hate I don't know, would she have liked, I, I mean, I doubt she would have preferred that, but, you know, it could have gone that way too. Mm-hmm. I, I was that's, lucky. That's endangering people's lives, it isn't is, it? It you is, know, I mean... it is. It, it could have gone very much the other way. It so happened mm-hmm. that I got support, but gosh, you choose the wrong timing and you don't, mm-hmm. you might not get support. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, so she did, she did apologise and, um, and I did accept her apology, but I did say to her, you know, it's very naive of you to just you shouldn't choose, you shouldn't pick on anyone. You shouldn't you shouldn't be doing this to anyone. You don't know what's going on behind those. Squares. Don't know what's going. No. And and I did I did say to her I thought I'm not going to um I, I don't want her to feel too bad because my goodness mental health 
mm. under these conditions where people are locked inside their homes is awful. And I don't want her, you know, I, I don't want to, to create a, a victim out of her. But at the same time, I did, I did say to her, you know, I lost my mother two weeks ago. Um, it's all or three weeks ago. It's, you don't know what is going on in my life. It's not all eating cake and pretending it like, you know, I, I, this is a coping mechanism. You have no idea why I create these pictures or what I'm doing. And um, I think it was a learning exercise for her too. Yeah. But all, equally, it was a learning thing for me as well. It's made me look at my pictures differently. Um, Do you feel some kind of um, responsibility now for all of those people who supported you? That groundswell? It, do you know, it's, it's interesting because it was, um, it made me, it, it pushed a lot of things into the foreground that I hadn't thought of before. I hadn't seen myself as primarily a black creator. I was just Paula doing my thing online. You know, I, I literally hadn't, there was no big picture. There was no plan or motive or, um, or underlying cause. I was just me making pretty pictures. And I think this is symptomatic of when you start something small mm. and it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. You don't notice that it's growing really. Mm. You're, just, you're just living life in the same way. And um, I hadn't had thoughts about responsibility or, or, or what I represented or who, you know, people thinking beyond seeing a nice picture. And um, yes, I do have more responsibility that, that situation and everything that happened last year actually has um, has put a different level of responsibility I think onto onto what I do and um, and who I am but also the whole episode has created has pushed this into more of a career for me it was always going that way and it was going that way anyway I remember was, us talking it, about it and, mm, and you were developing mm. your YouTube channel and yes you, yes and this has catapulted you in fact you've you've oh. what's what's that huge high jump that people do the, the tall one the really tall <laughs> one i mean you've gone way over yeah, yeah, what your yeah, yeah, ambition yeah. was into something yeah, else uh, uh, absolutely you? it's um it's bonkers actually how what what it is now i don't even know what it is now that's the one that's the one yeah it's um i couldn't have imagined what it is now no, I, I couldn't send up. Um, I don't think I could have designed this life or career or the way it's, it's turned. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, for a few months, I didn't know if I wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did it affect and, um, your children or did it affect your children? Oh, they thought it was great. Oh, they? I mean, they, they, they are, they are the, um, they're from the era of social media. Yeah. As far as they're concerned, oh, that's really cool. It's fine. You know, it's great. They thought they, yeah, my mum's day, got half a million followers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it is like that. They, they took it in their stride completely. They thought, mm. you know, they were worried with the surge, but only because they worried about how I was handling it. But mm. they were like, yeah, how many now? How many now? <laughs> Because that, that's what they do at their age, you know, yeah. that's, um, they're from that generation. So for them, it's fine. That whole idea of exposure isn't weird for them, mm. I think, in the, mm. in the same way anyway. Mm. But um, So yeah. what have you been doing recently that has really excited you, that was, was a dream and is now reality? Now, it's interesting because there are a couple of things that... When, when is this going out? <laughs> well, it depends. Wow. Do you have a yeah. deadline that you <laughs> shouldn't have something out there by all? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a 
few secrets. Ooh, I've got a few like secrets. secrets we can podcast. put it out later. <laughs> but, my, but my secrets are exactly the the their um date dependent. I haven't got exact dates, but um there's there's some there's some dreams coming true. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> Sorry, I, I sort of but there's there's some lovely things happening which probably will be announced in April, May time. Okay. So it's like we've yes. got Paula on our list. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just move it to after date, just so we can hear that. The thing is, it's all things I always wanted to do. It's yeah. all not, I, nothing odd has happened, but I my timeline was I'd have hit those sort of um, marks if ever when I was about ninety. They just they all just happened a bit bit faster than than um, I, I. You can enjoy them sooner. Oh, but it's uh, but yeah it's 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 all it's all amazing stuff and also the the whole uh, the interest in the fashion side is sort of is something I just didn't ever anticipate or expect at all so it's all I'm sort of it's it's the whole thing is reinventing itself every every month mm. it's reinventing itself but I hope that it all comes back I mean look, I I don't leave my home so everything I do is based around Hill House so there is a theme, there is a look, mm. there is a style to it all. And, um, you know, I, I don't intend to leave my home much, to be honest, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a homebody. So it's sort of like, this is, it's, it's been a, a time where I don't think um, I have changed, but I won't change much more because nothing much else is gonna happen. I intend to stay home <laughs> as much as possible. How do you cope with the busyness that it's created? Because you must be bombarded constantly with requests and yes, it's, um, needing to stage things for people. And yeah. Do you know, it's interesting because I think it's like um, there's a sort of tiered system where very similar to my numbers going up so quickly, your numbers go up and you panic and you feel, I don't want this. This isn't what I intended. And then you start breathing again, and you get used to it and then it's okay. And I'm finding this is happening every stage of the way. Before Christmas, I was overwhelmed. I, I had a lot of work. I, I got an agent. An agent approached me and they, they wanted to um, represent me, which I thought, oh my goodness, okay, that's, wow. I used to be an agent. So it's like, oh my goodness, the shoe's <laughs> on the other foot. And, um, and they, and with an agent came a lot, a lot of work, or a lot more work. And um, at one point, just before Christmas, I was overwhelmed. I just felt this is this is too much. This isn't actually what I wanted. This is um, every single day. There's a deadline, and I'm not coping. I'm not mm -hmm. keeping up with this. And um, what was exciting is now just a just chore. too much. Mm -hmm. A chore. And um, and I remember it's, it's interesting. I always used to say to my children. I I remember um, my first day at L magazine. Actually, I had my first meetings or well, the first week at L magazine, I had my first meetings and it's when I had all the different editors tell me about the stories they wanted to do for the season. And the first couple of meetings were wonderful. And I thought, this is such an exciting job. I'm so glad, I'm so lucky to have it. By the end of the week, I, I came home to my husband and I said, I can't, I can't do this job. I, I, it's too much, it's too big. I didn't realize how much work I'd have to do. I can't remember everything. I can't. I can't fulfill all these different things that I have to do. And I remember crying, thinking this is gonna be so humiliating. I'm going to have to say, I can't, I can't do it. And I'm gonna to have to walk away within that first month's trial that you tend to have in jobs. And then 
Week two, you're still panicking, but it's slightly less. Week three, you're sort of busy, but panicking in the back of your mind. By week four, you're just doing your job. And you sort of, you, you sort of climb that mountain, you reach the plateau and you get over onto the other side and you don't even realize you've done it. You don't realize you've got to the other side, but one day you realize that you're just doing the job and you're not panicking. I guess it's yeah. an element in the early days of that sort of imposter syndrome, isn't it? They're going to find me oh, out. They're going to know I can't do totally. it. Oh, my goodness. I, I had imposter syndrome from April to probably last Friday. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have every time. Oh, good, because I, I, I definitely have it all the time. No, I do. I do. I've got it now. <laughs> Absolutely. Every time I do an ad in particular, I think, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Who, who, who said I should do this? Why, who, who told me to do this? Oh my God, what a fool you are, Paula, why are you doing this? Um, but yes, oh gosh, the imposter syndrome is, is, is huge. It's not as much as it was hmm. last year, but um, I'm now back in coping mode again um, until the next thing happens, <laughs> Lord forbid. But um, yes, you sort of like, you, you yeah. go up a, a, a mountain, it gets calm for a while and then, you know, I, I, I'm used to expecting the unexpected now. <laughs> this last year and a half has been wild. Just such a, a journey of emotions and unexpected happenings and from my mother to, to this, to, you know, to all sorts. Mm. So um, it's, All yeah. sorts, you can't tell us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I know, that's, you know, and I hate it when people do that. We might have to get you back for I an extra five minutes. <laughs> absolutely, no, absolutely, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that'd no, be good. So, yeah, no, totally. As soon as I can get dates and things, um, I mean, it's probably obvious what. No, it's not. Yeah. It really isn't. No. Oh, well, not, is quietly. Not, I might have an inkling. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I, you spill I, the beans and you shouldn't, I've got five questions that we ask everybody. Well, they're not the same questions, but they're sort of no. quick fire. Just okay. to. Just to see, you can embellish or you can just give the answer. It's entirely okay, up to you. Oh, I talk a lot, so it's going to be embellish. <laughs> <laughs> we like embellish. Right, I'll get my questions up. So I'm wondering whether this one, we sometimes start with a hard one. I thought I'd started with a hard one the other day with one of our guests and it turned out to be not hard at all. Oh. <laughs> Dog walks or cake? Oh gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, a dog walk while eating cake. Ah, <laughs> that's kind of cheating, Excellent. but I know where you're coming from. <laughs> I think that's allowed. <laughs> Good answer. Okay, here's one that's slightly slightly different. Um, what's the first thing you want to do when this is all over? As in this whole lockdown. Nonsense. This whole lockdown. I really want, you see, I enjoy, this is lovely. I want to have something like this with real... See, see you in person, not yes, real people. Yeah. You're, you're all real people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be across the table from yes, you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it must involve food. So yeah. <laughs> a lovely lunch. I want to socialise. And mm. I am a sociable recluse. I, I love being at home and I love my mm. own company and I love pottering around in my own little world with yeah. my dog. But I, I am thirsty for people and conversation and mm. laughing with people and... Yes, I'm desperate for that. So more than happy to call around for cakes. We've oh, <laughs> oh, seen the okay. cakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want a lovely social occasion. Oh, um, yes, that would be lovely. Oh, I love that answer. Uh, magazine or book? Book. Book. We weirdly, because I, I've mm. got a house full of magazines, 
but um, I tend to, I, I've been, I've, my eye has been retrained, I think, away from reading magazines. I just mm. flick, I flick through magazines. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's because of Instagram, you're, you know, you're used mm. to that sort of fast fix maybe, or that, that quick um, buzz. So I, I tend not to read them, which is a shame because I used to be sort of um, obsessed with reading mm. magazines. Whereas books slow me down, mm. they force me to, um, to read. I'd say book. I, I'm quite surprised by that. I thought you might still say magazine, given that was your background, but I can see mm. where you're coming yes, from. Yes, yes, yeah. It's, um, I've definitely, although I still buy magazines, mm. I still, I, but I do have part, I mean, I'm ashamed to say I have parts of magazines that I haven't read properly. Oh, I have ones that aren't even open. Yes. That get yes, delivered. In there. I know, oh, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? But I still want them. I would still not, yes. sell, <laughs> not buy them or, or not have them delivered, but uh, yeah, they just take up a lot of room. <laughs> right, next question. What's the most dangerous thing you've ever done? Oh, goodness me. Ate goodness. a picnic in front of the house, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My goodness. Put my name out on social media. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I'm, I'm a speed freak, so I love... Um, my, my husband races, or used to, we haven't done I it for a while. I wondered if it might be along these yeah. lines. <laughs> he races vintage, I'm an old classic car. So mm. I've, I've been in races with him. So perhaps, perhaps something mm. like that. Mm. I, love, I love a roller coaster. So I've been on some mm. big roller coasters. I'm the first one, in terms of the, the, the family, I'm the first one on the top of a roller coaster. The biggest and the longest and the fastest, most dangerous. Biggest scream, uh, biggest smile. Love it, <laughs> love it, absolutely, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's it. I, I I don't do things like jump out of planes and things. I I'm or parachute jump. I, I that I, I I couldn't do that. I don't think I'm not scared of heights, but there's something about the the it's unnecessary. Isn't it? Yes, it seems like a very <laughs> silly thing to do. It is well, a very silly thing to do, yeah. but I have well, done it. Well, how did, you, how did you enjoy it? Now, did you? Was it? I mean, I bet it was wonderful. Well, I am scared of heights, so even more <laughs> ironic. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> but it kind She's of not felt, so, yeah. I'm kind of quite contrary. Um, it's almost different to being high, if you know what I mean. It's like it's like a different thing. But so I, I have said this before, and apologies to people who've heard this before. But it was one of these jumps that it wasn't on the back of somebody else. We had to climb out onto the wing of a Cessna hold on to the wing of a Cessna and then no, let go. No, 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 and no. That, that initial step to go outside was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. It's just not a natural thing to do. Once, you've, once you're there and you're falling, it's amazing. Well, if, you're, if you didn't do it on the, on the back of somebody, how do you know when to pull the... You'd, you'd, we had training. We had training on how to land and um, you roll and whatever it was I can't it's quite a long time ago you haven't but convinced me I'm sorry it no, was no, it <laughs> was yeah but I mean the, the experience was actually worth the scary I bet, bit it, at the I bet it was wonderful I bet it was wonderful mm. I'm still not gonna ever do one no, but no, I'm no. Gonna... <laughs> not willingly well done my goodness <laughs> so last question can you dance oh yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, whether I can, I, do I dance? Yes. Can I dance? I don't know. That's, um, I don't know, subject to opinion, I suppose. But I love, I love to dance. I love to dance. Yeah. Is that as in ballroom dancing or just I do, jigging well, around the kitchen? Yeah. Jiggling around the kitchen. 
I do, well, gosh, to say ballroom dancing makes it sound far too grand. My father and my mother used to do a bit of ballroom dancing and they can do the classics, you know, the foxtrot, mm. the sort of waltz and everything. So I've danced with my father doing the proper classic dances that you do in um, ballroom dancing, but um, any sort of dancing. You know, I, I used to tap dance when I was five and I, I can't tap dance now, but I, I pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I pretend. I love, I love movements. So I love, I love moving. And, and Actually, so, you can see that in some of your pictures. There's yeah. that beautiful picture of you leaping. You're in front of a house and it's, again, it's all oh, symmetrical, yes, yes, isn't it? Yes. I mean, yes. that looks like a proper ballet jump yes, to the that, untrained eye. <laughs> that was, oh my goodness. Do you know, a lot of the leaping and dancing is because um, I have arthritis. So, um, and I can feel myself seizing up over the years. You know, it, it gets mm. worse and worse mm. year on year. And something has clicked in me. Um, with the bones but something <laughs> something has clicked in me that I want to I think I've spent so much time hiding and just not not surviving because that makes it sound far too dramatic but not living life to the full that now the jumping and the leaping is because I can see a time when I might not be able to do that mm. and mm. I'm doing it I'm getting it all out now I'm, I'm doing it all now and that and this is why I'm slightly less um I'm a bit fearless now. I, I don't care as much anymore because I know there'll come a time when I, I can't do what I'm doing. Mm. And mm. so I'm getting it all out now because I, I do think that my 40s were my lost decade. You know, I I, um, I now look back and you realise how, how young you are in your 40s. Yeah. But it takes not being in them anymore to, yeah. to realise and go, mm. what was I thinking wasting that, you know, mm. that time? Um, so I'm determined that my 50s and beyond are going to be lived to the full, for sure. Mm. You know? Well, we are enjoying your 50s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no shame. <laughs> Huge inspiration. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, it, it's just, um, you know, I, I just think life is for having a bit of fun and yeah. not taking, I do not take myself seriously at all. That's the worst um, criticism I could ever have is if anyone mm. thought mm. that I was taking myself too seriously I'm having a laugh and I'm having yeah. a really you know I'm having fun yeah. and I'm trying to make other people laugh yeah. you know that that's a great mm. source of joy for me I, I want other people to, have to laugh and to, to enjoy it um, but yes I'm, I'm having great fun and it's it's nice to be having fun as me as opposed to trying to be something else I mean mind you I say that I, I get into character a lot so, <laughs> so that that isn't me but I do enjoy the characters I, I, my amateur dramatics it's, it stopped me having to find an amateur dramatic society area, you know I just do my Instagram and, be, and become somebody else it's just, it's just lots of fun oh we can't thank you enough for joining us today oh, no thank you oh it's been lovely it's been a pleasure it's been it's just been lovely to chat oh, it's, been yeah. lovely. it's only when you realize that you're chatting to to people beyond the dog or the children or the husband. <laughs> yeah. You realise how oh, my goodness I miss this so much. I want to speak about other things, you know, yes. rather than what's for supper. And it has <laughs> given you an hour off digging your new cutting beds. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you know I'm I I haven't um sewn things properly. Um, I am a happy amateur and you know this Bridget. I'm sort of um and, and it's quite scary actually because when you show things online People come to you as an expert, and I'm, I'm forever going. I know nothing. <laughs> Don't ask. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying finding out myself. You know, I hope that one day when I'm in my 80s, I will be a really good gardener. But I'm, I'm not a good gardener now. I'm just an enthusiastic 
gardener and I enjoy trying and I enjoy, I enjoy trying and then I fail and then I try something else and, um, and I'm learning along the way, but it's, um, but once again, it's, yeah, it, and, but once again, it's all underneath the heading of fun, but, um, mm. it, it does, um, it does make me laugh sometimes when I'm sort of, um, heralded as a, as a, as a lady gardener of, you know, <laughs> I think, my goodness, if they knew me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and also the baker as well. But everything I do is is perfectly imperfect. You know, it's sort of like perfectly purely because I enjoy it. Imperfect because it's all imperfect. It all because that's I mean, real like, life. That's yeah, real. it's real yeah, life. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's never meant to look perfect. You know, that, yeah. that's the fun of it. So yeah, I love that. Long may it continue, Paul. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank oh. you so so much. Thank and you. Thank I you. am really looking forward yeah, to seeing you. you at some point when we're allowed. I know, I know, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's coming, it's coming. Yes. Yeah, yes. very soon. <laughs> we will let you get back to whatever you need to do. But thank you so thank much for joining you. us. Thank you all. Thank, thank you for asking you. me. Lovely thank to you. See Take you. care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Restless Creatives podcast. To ensure you don't miss our next episode, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Restless Creatives Podcast. If you'd prefer to listen rather than watch us, you can catch us on one of your favoured podcast providers. For more sneak peeks and behind-the-scenes fun, visit our Instagram at the.restlesscreatives or visit our website, therestlesscreatives.co.uk.